All right, everyone, welcome to our episode about shame. And our guest today is the only guest who we've asked to come back. Uh, her name is Lauren On, and the reason uh, that and Lauren is a friend, a yogi, a mom, um, she's so many things. But uh, she was our guest on episode four, uh, number four, Enneagram, and it was our one most listened episode out of mm-hmm. all we've done, and we're on season two. So we were so hoping Lauren would be back, and she said yes. So we're super excited about that. And um, we also are excited, and I know if it's weird, to talk to Lauren about shame, because this is something she knows a lot about. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. Yes. Here's what I wonder, Lauren. So I went on the website for Oxford Languages and I looked up the definition of shame. So it, um, and I don't have it written down, so I'm not even going to say it, but I want you to tell me what your definition of shame is. Well, thank you. First of all, thanks for having me Mm -hmm. back. I love to talk about this. It's a little bit like maybe not the mainstream topic people get excited about, but I do um, mm-hmm. and have had a, a long journey with understanding even what shame is. Cause I, I know like when I got into therapy, I, I, I literally asked what is shame? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, so it can be a really hard thing to even understand and detect, but then what I'm realizing is, oh my gosh, it's so prevalent in, in our lives and everybody's lives. And I happen to have the Oxford, I wrote it down. So I'm going to go I ahead love you. with you. Thank you. You I, see, I don't know if I through, lo- okay, friend. but I don't know if I like love Oxford's definition, but we're going to just churn it. So right. the, so this is the Oxford definition on, on like the internet. Right, I right, don't right. have the actual big fat. But it said, uh, shame is the feelings of sadness, embarrassment, and guilt, which I thought was interesting, mm-hmm. that you have when you have done something wrong or stupid. Right. I don't like the words guilt or stupid involved with that because I think right. guilt is something different mm-hmm. and stupid's just like an ugly word right? altogether. But I'm like, okay, Oxford, that's the definition. Mm-hmm. Feelings of sadness, embarrassment, and guilt, which I think that kind of is confusing because we've talked about how guilt and yeah. shame are two different things, yeah. but I guess they can be very interwoven. They're, yeah. they're probably sisters. Yeah. Um, shame, I made a mistake. Or I yeah. am a mistake. And guilt, I made a mistake. So that might be a distinction between the yes. two. Yes. Yeah. Now, when you say that, though, it's interesting because so my first, when I was churning this in my mind, thinking mm-hmm. about it, my first kind of thought was for for me shame is a a sense of a lost sense of connection with your self-worth was the first thing it came Mm -hmm, up for me Mm -hmm. um i just got covered in goosebumps but then i thought to myself you know what that that that's actually maybe a little bit more along the lines of what toxic shame would be. And so then I remembered, oh, you know what? There's healthy shame and there's unhealthy shame. Can you talk a little more about that? Yes. I think in the definition alone, we just have to dissect that Mm -hmm. because I think shame is definitely comes with a negative connotation. Right. Uh, Absolutely. It can be toxic, like literally psychologically toxic to our beings to feel um, shame. Now, that the, the other side of the coin is like people that have a healthy sense of shame are some of my favorite people. I honestly mm-hmm. think that people that are, um, so I guess, so here, here's, here's my new definition is like, well, what is that? What's the difference? Mm-hmm. And I would say that, um, 
healthy shame is somebody who um, knows, has a really good connection with their humanness. Okay. You know, it's all about the fact that humanity is pretty messy. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, it's not very common. We, we kind of, I mean, long before social media, which is a breeding ground for shame, we might get into that, (laughs) but long before that, keeping up with the Joneses or what have you, I mean, it's existed for years that humans are constantly sort of comparing and and putting up facade and um, wearing masks. masks. And I think the culture shifting, like, you know, we've got people like Brene Brown who are heading the way and leading the way in, in actual scientific research about the fact that having a healthy sense of shame is the way to live a wholehearted life is mm. the way to really feel connected with, with, with life, with yeah. humanity, mm-hmm. because when we get into unhealthy shame, we feel, and this is what I jotted down. So it, unhealthy toxic shame becomes internalized as a negative, maybe inner dialogue. Like I'm not important. Mm-hmm. I'm a failure. Yeah. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve love. Yeah. Those are those are when shame becomes toxic. Now, health, signs of healthy shame are when you're aware of your limitations, um, and you know you're going to mess up. You know you're human. You're aware of the fact that you're human. Yeah. And so, somebody with a really healthy sense of shame is really quick to laugh at themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and and just knows that even if they do quote unquote fail, that is nothing to do with their value. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's really kind of the biggest distinction I think is that somebody that has a healthy sense of shame is still really connected with their sense of self-worth. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This idea that I I matter. And and Brene Mm -hmm. Brown says, if you don't have shame, you'd be a sociopath. Exactly. Right. And so shame is not a bad thing. Like Mm -mm. to be alive is to have shame. So we don't want people to feel this sense of despair that they have shame. It's part of the human condition. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's why these conversations are so important right. and why Brene Brown and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, all of this stuff can help us to not feel so alone because we do get yeah. up into our heads and we yeah. see all these beautiful curated lives on social media and we think, oh, well, they're doing it. Like, I mean, even my eight year old, you know, she gets on kids YouTube and she's wanting she's got a trampoline. She's wanting to learn tricks on it. And she's like, well, this girl on YouTube, she le-. I'm like, girl, let me tell you something about the internet, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's not reality. And no. the reality is all of us are messy and all of us have shortcomings and yeah. being really aware of those shortcomings is a beautiful thing that helps you feel like you're connected with others. It's, it's yeah. a lovely thing, but I it's agree. a hard thing I to agree. journey thank to. Thank you for that. And thank you for for saying that shame can be good and bad because that's something that important to remember. Yeah. All of the emotions before we started taping, we talked about it that you said all of the emotions have a good positive side and negative side, every single one. Mm-hmm. So remember that. That's Let right. me ask you about a shameful experience. So do you remember Maybe back in your childhood, the very first time that you remember you had a self uh, sense of shame, and if you don't mind, I know it's it's a vulnerable question, if you don't mind sharing what that experience was um, with our listeners, and if you're still connected to that experience, what are you doing to heal it? So I actually found this question to be difficult, even though I think that shame and all kinds of shame and trauma 
kind of pervaded my childhood. For some reason, I was like really thinking about this for a few days Mm -hmm. before I came to it. And then all of a sudden I had this memory and it's something that I have thought about and processed. And I think it's a really interesting point to bring up about shame. So as a kindergartner, I, well, as a child, I was raised in a really fundamentally puritanical Christian household. I was mm-hmm. raised a Seventh-day Adventist, and it, it's very mm-hmm. rule-based, shame-based, you know, fear-based. And um, I went to private Adventist schools all my life. And I, so the, the, the memory that really popped up that I thought was super important to talk about was that, um, you know, aside from like all of these secrets and kind of a, there was dark stuff happening in my family. My family looked good. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. mom and dad went to church. They had a certain prestige. Um, we looked good, you know? And so I think it's a really important point to bring up the fact that shame can um, manifest as grandiosity oh, as okay. better than. Okay. So it's not always less than when you're shame and filled with shame. It's that need to be perfect and mm-hmm. that need to, uh, to perform even, mm-hmm. or that need to, you know, make everyone think that everything's going great yeah. is shame. Yeah. That's shame is at its root. Um, and so it's interesting because the, the, the memory I had come up was that um, in kindergarten, I mean, I'm like five, six years old, mm-hmm. I remember a classmate and he was kind of, you know, thinking back, you had classmates that were probably of a lower socioeconomic status, right. you know, and maybe you didn't realize it as a kid, but you knew there was something different about them. You knew they mm-hmm. smelled bad. You mm-hmm. knew that they like slept in class and yeah. it was weird and mm-hmm. they weren't really like, you didn't want to be around them, you know, and which is sad, of course, because now, you, do, you know, as a grown-up, you want to serve and you want to help those that are, you know, in a lesser position. But sure. as a five-year-old, you don't, you don't have that awareness. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was definitely instilled with a certain amount of grandiosity already at that young age because I remember him coming to school smelling like cigarettes and in, in, in a church school like that. Right. It was just like I was already at the tender age of five years old judging him. Mm-hmm. And being like, oh, he's not going to go to heaven or, you know, his family are mm-hmm. full yeah. of sin- sinners. Yeah. You know, sinners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's shame. And I yeah. was like, I've unpacked that a lot because my religion was very shaming and my family, you know, like the the need to act better than yeah. is still shame, you know. Mm-hmm. And so absolutely like the follow up question is like, does this still show up in my life? Yes. I mean, I think that. Always, I operated from a place of, are you better than me? Are you less? Are you one up or are you one down? Like, this is what one of my first therapists would say. Do you put people in the one up or the one down position? Mm. Because either way is shame. Either way is not acknowledging that all of us are sacred. And actually, I have this Brene Brown quote. I don't even know if I need to read it. Oh, yeah. It says, don't her one of my favorite mantra quotes of hers. Don't puff up. Don't shrink down. Stand your sacred ground. Yeah, I love that. And that is such a like mm-hmm. way, I think, a tool, a reminder to help you move towards healing. And just, you know, not to be, it's such a human, our brains judge immediately when we see people. Mm-hmm. We are immediately judgy, even if we don't mean to. That's just how mm-hmm. our, like, mm-hmm. the chicha vrita, you know, the, mm-hmm. the mind fluctuations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't always control 
the like nasty thing that comes out of your mind that you think mm-hmm. about somebody across the way. Yeah. But you can be really aware of it. And then usually you can be like, what's that about? Like, yeah. cause that's often a really deeper message. It's not maybe even about the person in front of you. It could easily be about like your mother that gave you this message that you don't, you don't, have you don't deserve to have a voice and this person's being really loud and then you're like well that person thinks they're like you know but Mm -hmm. it's not about them it's Mm -hmm. this shame that's coming up so those triggers are opportunities and noticing when you put yourself down or up and what that's about is a really good practice and and healing and i absolutely still do it all the time better than this person worse than that person and you know, I think that's why yoga is such a beautiful tool because you really start to feel your sacredness yeah. embodied. And and mm-hmm. as you keep practicing, you realize all of us, you know, all sentient beings have worth. All the, the homeless person down the street has worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have these structures in our society where we're like, well, that's shaming or that's shameful. You right. know, you're, sh- you're, yeah. You know, an outcast. Yes. You know, and that's just how we've been. Like, I think humanity's been structured. Mm-hmm. No matter if we're in the modern era or you know, sure. it's so. Of I think course. truly, like, it's it's a sign of evolution that we're even talking about shame in a way that's this vulnerable and this unpacked and this like beautiful, loving lens of like, hey, we're all messy and yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we all have value. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. beautiful. Thank you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your work. So besides yoga, one of the reasons why I respect you and admire you is that um, not only you came from trauma and you came out on the other side, but you are taking time to help other women who are dealing with trauma and shame. And um, that's the work that you do other than yoga and then that Mm -hmm. is very, very special um, and very brave. So I want to talk a little bit about your work. Uh, if you could tell us about your website, if our listeners want to connect with you. And also, uh, perhaps in working with women, what are some tools that you offer up to those who are dealing with shame, with trauma, uh, because that's something that you've, you've gone through yourself? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so I do finally have a website, and that's a kind of a work in progress. I think all websites are a work in progress. Um, but it's called healingwiththehive.com. And okay. I'm sure, like you said, you'll put all the info on the yes. show notes. We will. Yeah. I'm kind of in a period right now. It's like I'm doing this podcast. I'm in a period where I'm really about to retreat and withdraw. Right. Um, you ask me when I'm going to write a book. I'm like, it's time. You know, I need to to spend some time writing. So I'm hoping 2020, one of my words that keeps coming out is containment. It's like, I just need Ooh, a lot yeah. more containment and just bringing back all the energy that's sucking. And, and like, I, I'm about to delete social media for a little while. I can't say forever, but yeah, for now, for um, but that doesn't mean I'm not accessible. I consider myself always available if somebody is struggling, like, phone number, literally don't mind sharing that, you know, if you call, text me, email. Um, and then I'm also, I talked about in my last, we don't have to go into depth, but I talked about doing artist way groups. I'm still going to do that. And I'm planning to start one at the end of January. So anybody listening that wants to go through that process and I talk a little more about it, if you want to go to the other episode and listen, um, about 
kind of the ins and yep. outs of what that is, but you can also just email and reach out to get more information. And the community of the Healing Hive still exists on Facebook. So that is, and actually had a woman contact me because of my last interview here yeah. mm. and join, which mm-hmm. was lovely. That's great. So, I mean, I do feel just a true calling. Like this is why I'm here to help women recover. And it's not always just addiction. I mean, I've mentioned that addiction is huge yeah. and most people that have addiction have trauma. I mean, pretty much a hundred percent. We all have trauma. Um, and really trauma is so related to shame because trauma is not necessarily what happened that actual moment, but it's the effects of what happened. And usually the effects of what happened in trauma is your disconnection from your authenticity. Yeah. It's that like you build these must mm-hmm. you build the masks and the facades mm-hmm. and the ways of being. And I can look into my childhood and how early I was doing that, how early I was like pretending I was fine and, and everything's cool and making up this persona basically. And so the more you do that and the more you live that way, it's just such a, it's soul crushing. That's why Brene Brown talks about people that are um, living wholeheartedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I think when you really examine your shame, it's, it's the key to getting to a wholehearted life. It's mm-hmm. truly the key to that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so tools. Um, yeah. You can contact me through all of those things. And then the tools I really encourage women are, I mean, obviously reading. I think that's the way to start is you read. You know, I've already mentioned Brene Brown, another title or another author that's incredibly uh, helpful is John Bradshaw. And you maybe as a Mm -hmm. therapist have heard of him. him. He's written tons of stuff on shame. And one of the two books I love are uh, Healing the Shame That Binds You and then Homecoming, which is claiming and championing your inner child and uh, mm-hmm. inner child work is huge. I mean, yeah. I almost think just you can't, you can't heal your shame. I mean, I guess if you had some really lovely childhood and your shame was stemmed from somewhere else, but like most of the time childhood is where these messages are received and internalized. Right. And so inner child work is super key. And, um, and we I, all have, an ancestral trauma. Yes. You know, it's been passed down, all of us. So yeah. even if your childhood looked good on paper like yours mm-hmm. did, there's still a story there. And, yeah. and there's still something from the generations above us that we can deal with. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's it's so interesting how, I mean, people seem to be more willing to examine now, but I think that people feel afraid that if they're looking at their ancestors or their parents, and we, I think I even touched on this last interview, that they're betraying them somehow, or that mm-hmm. there was something ugly in their past or messy, mm-hmm. that the way to handle that is to pretend it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just like, that's, that's what's been, that's what's been killing our souls for years is pretending that things didn't happen when they really did happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and needing this, this, this need almost like almost pathological need to Mm -hmm. be perfect and to make everyone else think that, you know, nothing ugly, no skeletons in this family's closet, you know? And it's like, that's not true. Every single family has something, you know? And I mean, I honestly would say that the people that you think look like they have it the most together. I mean, they're the ones probably nine times out of 10 that if you looked behind the scenes, things were even worse than you could imagine. So 
yeah. Well, when we accept our own brokenness and pain and the brokenness of our family system that we come from, then we go out into the world and we accept other people just as we find them. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I listed, I was going to say a couple more tools for women. Mm-hmm. Community. I mean, we talked a lot about that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Connection. Right. And Brene talks so much about connection. I think in her new book is still a lot about like, the finding connection and like what is it called the atlas of the soul Mm -hmm. atlas of the heart Mm -hmm. atlas of the heart i think Mm -hmm. yeah and so it's connection is on a broad scale it's not just connecting with other people but it's learning to connect with yourself yeah and so i would say also self-discovery in which enneagram is such a huge and Mm. both enneagram and yoga obviously huge tools for knowing yourself because if you can compassionately understand who you are that will give you that healthy sense of shame knowing that's my limitation yep i i don't get up in the morning early i'm not a morning person i don't I have a healthy sense of shame about that, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very, like, mild example, but there can be some other extreme examples. Um, but self-discovery is huge. So that's artist way is a huge tool for that, and that's one reason why I'm such a proponent of it, is if you're looking to really understand yourself or heal your shame, understanding yourself is huge. And we will post all of the links to all of the mm-hmm. websites, all of the groups and all of the work that you're doing on our website. So yeah. if you have missed something that we've said, do not worry. You don't have to rewind. You can mm-hmm. keep on listening and visit our website and connect with Lauren that way. I love it. So Lauren, I have a question about yoga. And how has yoga and your practice helped you to unbind some of the shame and heal some of the shame inside of you? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so this is a great opportunity to bring up another little, like, subcategory of shame. And that is that you can carry shame. And mm-hmm. I'm sure as a therapist you know this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, yoga has been such a great way to, I mean, really, and I wrote it down, it it sounds cliche, but it's, it's a mind, body, spirit healing Mm -hmm. that happens Mm -hmm. in yoga that I just don't know you could ever get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I had a lot of carried shame, you know, I had a lot of abuse and trauma and I had to learn how to to, to release that. Some of that mm-hmm. happened in therapy. Um, I, I definitely am such a huge proponent of therapy. And I think mm-hmm. that if you have really massive amounts of, you know, some trauma or, or stuff like that, that it's a great comp- a companion to yoga. Yeah. Um, that maybe going to yoga and yin and meditation can be really scary if you haven't kind of done a little mm-hmm. bit of healing mm-hmm. just yet mm-hmm. on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, But that being said, yoga gives you a space to be safe in your body. And that helps you heal so much from trauma. And then you start to feel that mind-body spirit healing, um, which, you know, the Yoga Sutra, the Chichavrita Niroda, like the the fluctuations of the mind Mm -hmm. stop. Mm -hmm. But then the most important, I think, is the sutra that comes after that where it says, and then the the seer clearly sees who they are, basically. And then then your self-realization happens. And that is that moment of, I am sacred. 
I am worthy. And of course that takes time. And I mean, I would think I took yoga for years and therapy for years until I really embodied that. But it's that calming of the mind. It's the releasing the carried shame. And then it's that connection with your spirit and who you really are, which is something you have to remember over and over. Like I still have to go to yoga all the time to be like, oh yeah, I'm worthy. Like I lose my sense of shame so very, or my sense of healthy shame very quickly. When I'm off my mat and not doing my practice. So, yeah. 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 We have to keep going back to reinforce, you know, I am enough. I mean, mm-hmm. as you yeah. care for your body on the mat, you know, it gives you that sense of being more empowered, being more strong, and you move some of that shame out of your body. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the issues are in our tissues. Yeah. I wrote that then too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've heard more than one yoga teacher say that. So I don't yeah. even know who to quote yeah. on that, but yeah, it's, yeah. the issues Old are in our tissues. Goodie. And so sometimes you just have to get on your mat and like cry or move or breathe. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I am this beautiful light, you know, yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> yes, I'm alive. I have purpose. I'm being supported. There's this mystical element to it where you're like, Oh, yeah. And, and then there's also the community connection with it, too, where you realize also everyone else is this way. Everyone yeah. else is sacred, too. Yeah. 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 Which is a good way to heal that wanting to go one up or down with people. You just mm-hmm. you're not one up or down from even the guy under the bridge. Yeah. You know, mm. I love that. And probably the guy under the bridge has a lot of trauma work to do. Yeah. You know, probably. Yeah. Chances are. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it won't happen in this life, but. <laughs> <laughs> So what are the practices in your life that help you to heal the shame inside of you? Okay, so let's see. I feel like I've touched on so many already. I'm like, am I going to just keep repeating myself here? Um, Certainly for me, it's journaling and creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, It's connecting with myself. It's connecting with others. It's having conversations about my shame. Mm -hmm. It's being able to have really safe people to go to and say, I'm having a shame spiral right now. Um, and you know, there is actually a way to repair that health, that unhealthy shame. And oftentimes I think that, and actually just had a really painful scenario in my own life, which I won't go into in depth, but just talking about the shame around it is that initially I did feel toxic shame or unhealthy shame around the situation. Mm -hmm. Initially I was thinking, I'm a failure or I don't, I'm not important. I'm not valued. What I do doesn't matter, you know, and, but I've done enough work that, you know, I, mm-hmm. I heard that and I was like, mm, those, that inner dialogue is an act. That perception mm-hmm. is not true. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and the way that you really start to heal that and repair that is that you rec- you have, first of all, you have tons of self-compassion. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm beating myself up. Like you yeah. kind of have awareness. And then some self-compassion on top of that. Um, Understanding everyone makes a mistake. Like Mm -hmm. coming back to that we're all messy thing. It's not just me. Um, That's such a huge thing. And that's why it's helpful to tell people, um, you know, this is going on with me because they can be like, oh, girl, that happened to me 10 times worse, you know. And you're like, oh, okay. I'm not a total failure. You know, it's it's amazing. Um, And then owning your part of something. So, if you, if in this particular scenario I'm talking about, there was a part where I needed to make amends and apologize mm-hmm. for my behavior. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't deserve to be heard or forgiven or that I don't have value. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the kind of 
the difference between the toxic or the healthy and the unhealthy shame. Um, and seeing the big picture too, like I said, sometimes people have triggers come up and it's not even about you. You have an argument with somebody or some kind of like moment. Um, here's a good example as a parent of having a moment where you can help your child not feel so much shame as sometimes like my daughter, for instance, say she runs into the road and I, and I kind of shame her right Mm -hmm. away for it Mm -hmm. in a way that maybe I wouldn't, if I was regulated and calm and then and and this actually happened in in an amusement park not long ago with her Mm -hmm. that I snapped in a way I would not have otherwise and the way we've all done it yes of course (laughs) right thank you thank you (laughs) feel less shame about that um and the way to help her repair the feelings that she's a bad person Mm -hmm. is say mommy snapped but you know I was feeling afraid Mm -hmm. and you know you you know affirming that their value isn't at at stake you know mm-hmm. you're you're loved and 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 you're allowed to make mistakes right um and just repairing it that way just knowing that rupture and repair is the way we do things that's the way mm-hmm. we really build resilience it's not oh that didn't happen Mm-mm, nope we're perfect it's that we acknowledge it and we integrate it and we talk about it and we've got love and we own our parts and then when we're ready, we re-engage. And maybe mm-hmm. some people aren't safe to re-engage with, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but all of those steps are so important. Yeah. And, and every Thank one you. of us has to take those steps. I love that. Well, one of the things we thought that we would do during this episode is to share some personal stories from each one of our lives about shame and just an example in our life of shame and how we're working on healing that shame inside of us. Um, Kat, do you want to? Oh, well, of course. Let me go first. So (laughs) I was, um, I was thinking about this, Lauren, when you were talking about, you know, your little one running into a a road and you snapped and, you know, maybe your, your tone of the voice elevated, escalated. So I'm Enneagram one and I'm a Mm -hmm. yeller. I feel like if I'm going to like a recovery circle, that's how I'll introduce myself. (laughs) Like my name is Kat and I'm a yeller. Um, and, and then I feel extremely shamed about Mm -hmm. it because, um, when I yell, it's usually at people that I love the most. And Mm -hmm. that includes people under 18 them being my children and um you know my husband one time um asked me um you know I was yelling something at him I think even and he said babe are you really scared Mm. and I was like yes I am so bigger the fear um louder the yelling so that just to recognize that and then I think once what what we do is we shame ourselves for feeling shamed. So it's like a double shame layer, you know? So I'm yelling and I feel ashamed about it. And then I shame myself for feeling ashamed. Mm -hmm. It's it's a crazy thing. That's the spiral. That's a spiral. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think the healthy way to approach would be that something that I have to work on, something that I grew up with, something that Mm -hmm. clicks in my bone marrow but yet again, I have got to be able to find that moment where mm-hmm. it's about to get turned on and then walk away, take a breath, mm-hmm. you know, yell at the pillow, whatever. But that, that, that's, that's my biggest shame. I am a yeller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, how beautiful that your husband offers you that moment of awareness around yeah. it too. Though, as I was yelling at him, that's so helpful as yeah. a partner to yeah. help out with the, Hey, cause that's the yeah. first step is just yeah. the awareness of what's happening. Yeah. 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 And so, and Brene Brown talks about fear and shame and how correlated yeah. they are. And so oh, that's yeah. great in your example mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Lauren? What's Gosh, I feel like I've given so many examples, but I mean, I, I just want to maybe keep it really broad with like the, I'm, I'm also an explosive person. I would say in general, I just have really big feelings, mm-hmm. whether it's anger or sadness or right. And, and I want to talk about them. And I tend to start to feel, mm-hmm. I, I think in ch- mm-hmm. <laughs> Kat is numbering. <laughs> she's got the number four hold up. <laughs> yes. Big surprise. Um, and I, honestly think that it takes a really it's I don't think that I got seen I wasn't seen in my family maybe the way that I needed to be and internalized a lot of shame messages around my my big feelings of course um parents really do have a responsibility to help their kids move through shame that most of the time you're not you're not equipped at that young of an age to not internalize it sure and, and, you know, the, the only deduction you get of like, if, if I failed, then I'm bad. If I can't do this and I'm not good enough, if, you know, and it's so mm-hmm. it's a parent's responsibility to help your kids move through that. And I don't think I really had that. And so I just feel like in general, I've just all my life been like, I'm not good enough. And I got, I'm too much is another thing. Yeah. And I think that's in our notes too. It's yeah. like, it can show up as too much. Um, or I feel like I'm too much and I feel shame about that. Um, so Especially for the eight, the I, eight on the Enneagram, I, I think there's I think, a lot of shame. I think I could hone in on that as being just a general way I have experienced shame in my life is mm-hmm. that I have constantly, like it's easier for me to retract than mm-hmm. it is to expand. Mm-hmm. And and that's yeah. one, one thing in yoga that you can practice too is like getting into expansive poses, getting yeah. into retracted poses, or even noticing your breath. Is it easier to inhale? Mm-hmm. Or is it easier to exhale? Right. And that can tell you a world about whether mm-hmm. it's easier for you to show up in the world as your authentic self or not. Like it's, it's, there's, I mean, that can be a little bit on the woo woo side, but no, there's some real, good. I mean, that's I think really there's good. some truth, real truth to the seeds of how we breathe as to how we really show up in the world. And I know mm-hmm. that for me, it's so easy for me to be like, oh, that's okay. I'm sorry. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then of course I have the explosive, explosive personality yeah. as well, where anger and and rage is super accessible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely have. It's been a real journey to even show up in places like this and be like, "You're worthy to do a podcast interview. Yes, you're worthy to share your yes, blog. Ma'am. You're worthy to have a website. You're worthy to to run a recovery group. You're worthy to teach a yoga class." That's stuff that I didn't feel until just a few mm-hmm. years ago, you know, and I'm still mm-hmm. on the journey to remind myself like, yeah. um, and, and for me, it's such a big, um, it's not even about me. I think when you're, all of us, I believe deeply are here for a purpose and we have these gifts, each one of us, that's what the Enneagram shows mm-hmm. us is each of us have gifts. We're here for a reason and we're going to show up in a super authentic and like unique way yeah. and it's lovely. So it, it's for me. That's the, the balance, too, of like, well, who am I? Like, is the grandiosity mm-hmm. thing. Who am I to do this? Yeah. Who do you think you are is a definite shame statement. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But when I realized like, oh no, I can stand my sacred ground. I have gifts to offer and it's not about being ego filled or driven. It's about showing up authentically and giving back what I've been given. Yeah. I love that. And I love what you said about the breath. And that made me think for some reason about the throat chakra and how, you know, we could tie that to shame. And, and if we're noticing oh, in a class, yeah. say we're in a camel pose or something, we're really opening up in our throat chakra. And then all of a sudden we're thinking, am I talking too much? Am I talking too little? And how is that connected to shame? Am I trying to prove myself by talking too much? Or by talking too little, am I trying to hide because I don't think that I'm enough? Yes. Great yeah. points. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think shame can really show up in our yoga practice for sure and in our breath and, and so many different things. Oh, yeah. For me, um, in terms of shame, I've, I've shared before in, in episode one that I'm a child of an alcoholic. And uh, I think that, you know, I was a little bit of the hero child who was cleaning the house, who was trying to prove that my family is worthy when I didn't feel so worthy, right? You know, my dad lost his job because of his alcoholism. We even had one instance where the church came and paid our mortgage one month. And I just remember as a child feeling so embarrassed, like here they were being so sweet, you know, lovely gesture to come and pay our mortgage. But I just knew that my friends knew, you know, yeah. even though they probably didn't, right? But that was like, as a child, that feeling of I'm not enough. Like my family has this house that's a mess because, and so I didn't have friends over as often as other kids did. So there, there were all these ways that I didn't feel like we were enough. And so I tried to prove we were through, through cleaning, through having a job at an early age and through trying to be responsible and say, you know, I'm worthy. And so in my adult life, I still have that. Let me be indispensable to you. Yeah. Let me prove my worth through what I do, through yeah. how I help, you know? And yeah. so, and that's, that's really true for an Enneagram too, that they can say, you know, I don't need you. Let me help you so that I can show you that, you know, you, need you matter yeah. and you're worthy, but I, I'm going to diminish my own sense of worth. You know, yeah. and, and, and and try to prove it and yeah. yet also say that I don't have it in some yeah. ways, which is, you know, but now the Enneagram is helping me to say, wait a minute, my needs matter and I'm going to receive help, even though that's still really hard for me. I have to work on that all the time. Like, just like we were talking about going to our mat to keep reinforcing, reinforcing that sense of worth. I mean, this is daily work for me. Yeah. Daily work. So, yeah. Thank you so for sharing my, it, my friend. My story. Mm. Um, well, yoga is the practice of self-remembering. And yes. It is, it's incredibly, it's amazing how quickly we forget. Yes. <laughs> so quick. So I just want to make a quick plug for a book that I wrote called Freedom from Shame that you can find on Amazon. Um, it's a Kindle book. And... I think if you liked the content we've talked about during this podcast, you might enjoy the book. But in the book, there is a meditation that I'm going to share after this word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's start this meditation as always finding our breath, breathing in through the nose. Exhale out through the mouth. And let's start this meditation with prayer hands at our heart and say the words, I am, as you take a deep breath in and then reach your hands over your head and allow your palms to touch. And then on your exhale, utter the words enough and bring your hands back to heart center in prayer. And ask yourself the question, what happened in my childhood that left me feeling like I am not enough. Just take a moment as you breathe to answer this question. And then once again, as you take a deep breath in, reach your hands up over your head and say to yourself, I am as your palms touch. And then on your exhale, utter the words enough as you bring your hands back to heart center in prayer. And then ponder the question, who in my life accepts and celebrates me just as they find me? And offer gratitude for this person and maybe even set an intention to keep surrounding yourself with people like this. Continuing to breathe once again We're going to reach our hands up to the sky, palms touch, and say on the inhale, I am, and then exhale, prayer hands come back to center, enough. And then contemplate this question. What is one negative message you regularly tell yourself, and how can you replace this destructive thought with a positive one? Continue to breathe, but for example, if you regularly tell yourself you are ugly, try saying aloud, I am beautiful. To close this meditation, inhale, reach the arms up, I am as the palms touch, and then exhale, bringing the hands back to heart center, enough. The light in me sees and honors the light in each of you. Know that you are enough. Namaste. Namaste.